Give God your best. Malachi 1 1 14. My dad was a poor man, our family raised most of what we ate, but my dad was faithful to God. The one thing my dad insisted on was that each of us had nice clothes to go to church. He and I had suits to wear, and my mom and younger sister had a nice dress. There were times my mom had to borrow coffee for my dad to have a cup on Friday before going to work, but he insisted on our Sunday best. After I was grown and out of the house, I asked my dad why he couldn't buy me tennis shoes to play basketball, but we always got new Sunday clothes twice a year. At that point he reached for his Bible and read me this scripture in Malachi. Then he looked at me and said, God expects us to give him our best, not the basketball couch. After God gave his message to Malachi, no one heard from him for 450 years. At the end of that time he gave his son to try to salvage the people of Israel again, but they rejected him again. Then he gave the gospel to the Gentiles. Now it appears the Gentiles are turning against him also. The people of today would rather wear shorts and t-shirt to church and save our money for drugs or gambling. Since there is no other people to favor, the only thing left is for God to wipe the slate clean and start over. What a sad day. I have heard many teachers and preachers say that the Old Testament doesn't apply to us because we aren't under the law. I agree with part of that statement, but not the rest. No, we aren't under the law. The message Malachi delivered from God was not a law, but a command, John 15 9-10, and we are supposed to follow the commands of God. In this chapter God told His people what they had done. They cheated Him with their half-dead sheep and their three-legged lambs. They gave their unwanted sacrifices and saved the best for the marketplace. Do we not do the same things today? The preachers are so busy trying to increase the numbers and the money in the church, they sit back and don't teach and preach the things that would help people understand why the church can't grow. There are only two things they need to do to increase the numbers and they are doing neither of them. The first thing a church must do to grow is to be in one accord. The church must have the mind of Christ and to do so they must follow the commands of God. Acts 2:46. God commands in Malachi that we give him out best. If our best is a pair of pants with holes in them and a t-shirt, then so be it. However, if we wear something comfortable to church and wear a suit or nice dress to work the next day, aren't we cheating God in the same manner as the children of Israel did? The pastors of the churches don't even wear their best. They wear a shirt and pants on Sunday morning then wear a nice suit to preach a funeral later that week. Are they saying they will only honor God if He is dead? Heaven forbid. The second thing the churches are doing wrong, is trying to do God's job, Acts 2 47. The apostles were told by Jesus to proclaim the good news and make disciples of all men. They were never told to conduct membership drives. The church I grew up in never changed from their worship of God. They are misguided about some things, but not about who does what in the church. They all agree that if they follow the commands of God and do His will, God will give the increase. I first remember the church as having 17 members. Now when you pass that church on Sunday morning the church grounds are full of cars and sometimes they are parked along the highway. The one thing that stands out to me is, they all still wear their Sunday best. Put God to the test. Follow all His commands and give Him your best when you worship and see what types of increases God will give you. You might even get that new baby the doctors tell you that you can never have. Definition of Death Death is the permanent, irreversible cessation of all biological functions that sustain a living organism. Brain death is sometimes used as a legal definition of death. The remains of a previously living organism normally begin to decompose shortly after death. Death is an inevitable, universal process that eventually occurs in all living organisms. Wikipedia. How should I define death? Death is defined as the act of passing away, 
the end of life, or the permanent destruction of something. An example of death is when a person takes his last breath and dies. Should the law define death? Legal death is the recognition under the law of a particular jurisdiction that a person is no longer alive. In most cases, a doctor's declaration of death or the identification of a corpse is a legal requirement for such recognition. A person who has been missing for a sufficiently long period of time may be presumed or declared legally dead, usually by a court. When a death has been registered in a civil registry, a death certificate may be issued. Such death certificate may be required in several instances. Wikipedia. What is the biblical definition of death? Easton's Bible Dictionary, Death. Death may be simply defined as the termination of life. It is represented under a variety of aspects in Scripture, the dust shall return to the earth as it was, Echel 12-7. Thou takest away their breath, they die, Psalms 104 What does the Bible say about died? Revelation 21-4, NKJV. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Is the death penalty law? Death penalty law, also known as capital punishment law, covers issues relating to the imposition of death as punishment for the commission of a crime. There are some states that have the death penalty, however, most states do not. Believe it or not most states consider it cruel and unusual punishment. What is the penalty for sin according to God? Romans 6 20-23, NKJV. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now having been set free from sin, and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness, and the end, everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. What does death mean for the believer in Christ? Romans 6 3-7, NKJV. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? Therefore, we were buried with Him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of His death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of His resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Death for the believer slash Christian is the beginning of their life with God. Since God lives an eternal life, so does the Christian. There are many of Satan's people out there spreading very deceiving messages about salvation. Romans 6 10-13, NKJV. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also, reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. There are those preachers and teachers that would have you believe it is okay to sin after salvation. Romans 6 1-2, NKJV. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? What is the proof that we should not sin after salvation? According to Paul, in the above verses of Scripture, we are dead to sin. To commit an act, you must be alive with your body functioning. If you are dead to sin, then you can no longer commit a sin. Another proof is that we no longer have a sin nature. In other words, we no longer desire to sin. 2 Peter 1 2-4, NKJV
Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. To all men, physical death will come. To all Christians, spiritual life will come.